Welcome to the Lifestyle PT Wellness Spotlight. Our goal is to connect you with local businesses and to assist you in living your best life. Now introducing your host, Dr. Karen Schuler. Hello, we want to thank everybody for joining us today. I am sitting here with Christine Roper and Lynn Ray, a physical therapist from Roper Physical Therapy. And uh, got Lynn and Christine, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having us, Karen. We're excited to be here. Well, we are happy to have you here today, and we're talking about the Pentagon of Wellness. Um, and you guys, I know, are have been using this model for a long time, so I am excited for everyone to hear what you guys have to say and to learn and to learn more about you and, and your facility. So uh, before we get started, I guess we'll start, I'll let you decide who's gonna start. Tell me a little bit more about yourself. Uh, so we own Roper Physical, I own Roper Physical Therapy. Lynn's been around with us so long, I I'll also say we, but Lynn's my <laughs> director. Um, Lynn and I have known each other 25 plus years. Um, and uh, Roper Physical Therapy is in South Bend, Dilworth of Charlotte. It's pretty accessible from all areas, but our focus, this is our, I guess, 19th year in practice. And our focus is really, to me, I always tell people, we're gonna put out a fire for you. But what we're really um, interested in is how do we keep you well? And we develop programs with people as integrative therapists to, to look at you as a whole being. Um, so if you come into us with just back pain, we're going to go, okay, we'll put out that fire for you, but how do we get you back to the best version of yourself? And um, through that, we use the Pentagon of Wellness. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that at Roper Physical Therapy, um, our focus as integrative manual therapists is really on the whole person, not just the problem that not walk through the door and present itself. Um, we are very holistic in nature, and that's what brings us to you today, Karen, to talk about the Pentagon of Wellness. And um, we're just a, a, a group of manual therapists that really want to improve the quality of life of our patients, not just the moment that we see them, but for the rest of their lives. And become like their go-to PT. So, you know, for, you know, if they have whatever's going on in their life, we, we want to be their go-to PT and that's the practice we've developed. That's great. I, and I know that's why we get along so well. Christine, you and I have known each other for many, many years now. We won't talk about how many. Um, and Lynn, I've just gotten to know you, but already I feel like I know you. Uh, but, I, but I think it's because we're cut from the same cloth. You know, you know, we do the same thing that it's, you know, we're dealing with a whole being, a whole person. Um, and it is a body, mind, spirit approach, uh, you know, to really help get to that root cause of healing. So you guys are experts in this area. And um, I think Think this the information we're going to provide today will be really helpful for everyone to you know see more balance in their life and um and how imbalance can facilitate you know illness and injury and inflammation and and those types of things um so with that i guess go ahead and let's talk about what the pentagon of wellness is so the Pentagon of Wellness is not something, it's not a Christineism or a Lynnism. It's not something that, she, you know, she and I came up with. You know, this is seen throughout um, history, different cultures, um, religion. You know, um, if you look at uh, the Hindu religion, uh, Vendanta means it uses all principles for inner and outer wellness. It's an approach to health, right? Um, 
We look at the Christian scripture, you know, from Luke, who was the medical doctor of the church. Uh, Love the Lord God with all your heart, all your soul, all your strength, and with all your mind. And your neighbor is yourself. So we're looking at that as a being, right? Um, We were, it was really brought to our attention probably in maybe 2010. um, But we were already thinking about that. But this gave us something concrete to look at the Pentagon of Wellness. And in conventional medicine, where all three of us have started from, it really only treats or looks at a part of this, maybe the physicality piece or um, the intellectual piece. So maybe it just, it looks at those two pieces, but in our reflection, you know, um, John Don, I think probably said it most too, he is a poet of love. And he said, no man is one island. We are all interconnected. Um, it's, it goes deeper. Like I think about this all the time, like when we're in nature, it's, it's a tree, right? If you think about a rings of a tree, a tree is not made up of one ring. It's all the rings over the year that com- compromise that tree and how it grows. People are no different. It's not just the a physical limb to us as PTs. We have to know all the other pieces of those limbs to treat someone and actually bring them to healing. Um, I think insurance-based models lead us to get somebody better in six to eight weeks. I mean, at, at, in PT school, that's what I thought. You know, I was supposed to get this person who's had chronic back pain for 15 years better using McKenzie exercises in in eight weeks. And we, I think we're missing a key piece when we ignore the Pentagon wellness. I completely agree. And I would also say that, um, as Christine mentioned, in convention, conventional, you know, traditional medicine, especially as physical therapists, we are so focused on the physical and intellectual limbs, uh, where the Pentagon of, of wellness is a five limbs approach, where you look at someone through the physical, energetic, spiritual, psychosocial, emotional, and intellectual limbs. And they are so all interconnected and intertwined. We as young therapists, we definitely treat it on the physical lens and intellectual lens, but we, we realize, well, is this really the best way to serve our patients? And we thought, no, this isn't. You can't have a patient that's had chronic low back pain um, or even acute trauma to their dominant shoulder and only treat them physically. You have to address that psychosocial, emotional aspect of it, the energetic and the spiritual, as well as intellectual and physical. And when we started focusing on this, our patients got better, they got better quicker, and their lives were just um, improved significantly. We improved their overall lifestyle. So that's where we really uh, began focusing on the Pentagon of Wellness, because we realized that Everything is interconnected and you can't just solve the problem. You have to look at the whole person. Well, you know, you guys are there now with understanding that you've got to look at the whole person and everything's interconnected. Can you remember kind of that, what gave you the nudge or whatever to seek something further? You know, what were you experiencing that you were either like, okay, there's got to be more. Um, do, you, do you remember that moment? Oh my gosh, Karen, yes. And I don't even know if I've ever shared this with you. I was probably maybe four, uh, you know, I've been practicing 28 years, I think. So maybe this is maybe my fourth year in an orthopedic setting. And my diagnosis of this client was low back pain. So I'm watching her in the, in the seating room. I'm like watching her walk. She's overweight, probably doesn't take care of myself. All these assumptions, right, that I was trained to look at somebody who's coming to me. 
um, for my advice. And she sits down in the room and just like I was taught in PT school, I said, well, tell me about when you're, when you think your low back pain started. And she looked straight at me and said, um, I ran out of gas on interstate 77 and I was standing there waiting and someone came to help me. And, um, yeah, I got help from, I thought somebody who was going to help me, but they didn't. And I was beaten up and stabbed mm -hmm. and left for dead in the middle of a field. And I crawled my way back to a car. And I think that's when my back pain started. Wow. wow. Right. I said, yeah. and I remember being awful as a, as being out four years, I said, excuse me for a minute. And I stepped outside and I went, I am no way and no how going to be, what am I going to do with this woman? Like I, I, she blew me away with her, her, her frankness. And I thought, I think back later, if I could go back today yeah. and really retreat her with what I know now. And I think, I think you come out being a PT, knowing what, what, you know, but seek to know more, um, I think is what I learned. What was your piece where you think? Um, I would say that I, I saw too, in our traditional conventional medical system, we were just treating the physical presentation of a problem. And um, I too saw so many more factors involved. Initially in my career, which was 27 years ago, I was very fond of the orthopedic trauma um, setting. And not one trauma that came across my census report, if you will, didn't have a lack of spiritual connection. They did not have excellent psychosocial emotional support. Like there was a reason these traumas were happening to these people. Um, and so I think that combined with my great interest in yoga and that eight limb system of yoga uh, then kind of sought me into, okay, or directed me into different areas of how can I encapsulate and incorporate all of this for my patients. And Christine um, introduced me uh, to medical therapeutic yoga in around 2010. Um, and it was probably uh, the missing piece for me. I was like, yes, this is how we need to treat our patients. Um, well, and I think you know, people's when you say yoga or you practice yoga, immediately people think of movement. Mm -hmm. And yes. and what we're talking about and stretching. Yes, we're we're not talking about that. We're talking that's a piece of it. So when she references eight limbs, eight limbs um, addresses all parts of that Pentagon of wellness. Yes. So you know, someone who is distraught could practice yoga or or movement by coming and just breathing and laying on the mat. That's yoga, right? But I think we we lose that aspect of what we think yoga is, just like anything else. You think of a very hot room with a bunch of sweaty people, um, all in the best outfits. Mm -hmm. um, and we've brought it into our practice for every single client in some ways. And I've told people that I own a yoga studio. It doesn't necessarily mean I'm going to put you in that yoga studio and make you participate in a class. But at least if anybody's out there listening as a therapist, whether you're new, whether you've been at this 30 years like us, you can bring breath to someone, right? What does breath do mm -hmm. to somebody? Mm -hmm. 
And I think with that, the, uh, our medical therapeutic yoga training was such an amazing adjunct to our manual therapy techniques, which we specialize in at Roper my Physical Therapy. Release. Yep, at, at Roper Physical Therapy. We specialize in myofascial release, um, offering uh, trigger point dry needling, um, other modalities that are needed, but, but most beneficially with combined with the myofascial release was the medical therapeutic yoga. Um, they work so well together because um, they incorporate this Pentagon of wellness and treat the whole patient. Yeah, I was going to say, I think they're, I think they're very complimentary because, you know, as we said, I'm not a yoga instructor, but I've been a myofascial release therapist for 23 years. Um, and I do think that they definitely work very well together and complement each other. Absolutely. And, you know, we were just all talking earlier that you know, the John Barnes myofascial release approach looks at the body. It's an approach. It looks at somebody as a being, as a whole being, um, where I think you know, where we learned in PT school is, I, I called it the cookbook of recipes of like, when you came out, these are your diagnosis and these are the exercises that you give. Um, we learned how to, how people breathe, but we learned, we didn't really learn to teach them to breathe as part of their exercise program. I give that just, like I said, we, we've taught people in the acute care. We've gone in and been more mentors for physical therapists in hospitals where they're like, well, I don't have time for what you're talking about. Yes, you do. You can teach them how to breathe. You can teach them that they've been through a trauma, that that doesn't define who they are. Those are all things you can talk to them about while you're asking them to do a straight leg raise or um, a heel slide. Yeah, ankle pumps. Yeah. You know, those are all you things know, you have a conversation about. Right. I mean, I guess with the Pentagon of Wellness, you, you know, you do talk about fight or flight. And, and, and my experience has been that for whatever reason, the body needs help to get out of fight or flight. Um, I don't know if it's just the way our lifestyle is that it's hard to, for the body to do that naturally, um, but it definitely needs some assistance. And yes, you can work on getting the quad strong, but if you don't get the person out of fight or flight, that is definitely gonna inhibit their healing and, and you know, their full rehabilitation. Um, so, you know, I, I definitely, I'm hearing exactly what you guys are saying and that uh, it sounds like all of us at some point realize that there was more to it uh, than just an exercise uh, that we, if we truly want to help the person not have to continually seek healthcare over and over and over again, you got to get to the root of the problem. And maybe it's easier if we go through and just talk um, a little bit about like what the Pentagon of wellness is and give some hard examples to people. Do you want to try and do that Lynn? Yeah, I think that'd be a great idea. That sounds good. All right, yeah. go ahead. So if you look at the Pentagon of Wellness, obviously Pentagon, there's five lenses and obviously physical, the physical lens is something that's more traditional, conventional therapists might always address, such as a myofascial release treatment or trigger point dry needling, um, progressive resistant exercises. Mm -hmm. But on another aspect of the physical lens would be how much sunlight are you getting? How much time are you out spending in nature? What is your sleep hygiene like? Um, you know, on average, I think the people in North Carolina sleep less than seven hours a night. Uh, studies have significantly shown that um, we need slightly more than that to decrease our risk of cardiovascular disease and inflammatory disease. So we address that. Uh, nutrition, anti-inflammatory diets is something we might discuss. And then of course, under the physical lens is where we bring in our medical therapeutic yoga. 
um, energetic is the next limb. Um, and they don't act necessarily have to go in this order. Just know that these are all pieces of that, you know, Pentagon. Um, number one is breath. So first off, assessing that. So when that person is walking back to you, are they walking at a quick pace? Are they talking quick? Are, um, what's their posture like? You know, is it slumped? Do, they, do their lungs have less space to breathe? Do they have that rounded shoulders? You know, um, do you see that neck musculature up front? So you're assessing breath and then teaching them going, do you know what your primary um, mover of breath is? And they're like, your lungs. And I'm like, yes, but what, what needs to happen is this respiratory diaphragm here area needs to be free. This is our primary breath mover. Most people are using their upper trapezius or their neck muscles to breathe and you can just sit and watch them. And when we get into that mode, you know, that energetic piece is missing. So that's, that's, that's one piece there. Um, another piece is, you know, just how, um, how do you connect with others? What's your art of conversation or what is the intimacy level and both on a physical side, but also emotional side with someone or do you have that conversation or that piece of connection in your life? So that's the energetic, some examples of energetic limb. Um, and then the third, or again, not in this order, but the third lens would be spiritual. And this is also something we talk about with our patients is how much time are you spending out in nature? Um, is that, are you, when you're out in nature, are you having a Joe Rogan podcast in your AirPods, <laughs> not focused on the beautiful leaves that birds. are surrounding you or the birds or the Water. squirrel or the, the natural um, elements, uh, elements of, of everything. Um, we also discuss meditation during this spiritual lens. Um, and meditation, sometimes that made people go, whoa, I'm not going to talk about meditation. What is that, right? Mm -hmm. So meditation, I always try to um, demyth it, mm -hmm. going, you know, that can be seen as quiet time, mm -hmm. right? That can be seen as prayer. That could be seen as turning off the radio. Well, well if you were commuting, we're not commuting anymore, so, um, but if you were commuting to work, <laughs> you could turn off the radio, right? Yeah. Uh, that could be just, yeah. That's silence, but a lot of times silence is uncomfortable to people. And that's why they have the TV on 24 hours a day. But that, oh, all that feedback it can be distracting. It can be distracting away from where you actually are in your healing process. So, and I'm, I'm just right with Christine because meditation, um, I will personally admit, is not my strength. <laughs> but I also can be critical of myself. And I think, oh, in my mind, I've got to meditate, you know, 10 to 20 minutes. Well, that isn't true. Literally a two minute focus on your breath is we would consider meditation. meditation. Um, Just thinking about meditation is meditation because you put the word out there. That's exactly right. Um, underneath the spiritual lens, just two more things I wanted to talk about was talking about that quality time spent with individuals. Well, are you having enough time spent with loved ones on vacation or, or downtime per se. And then of course, spiritual studies. And that can be many, many different things for different people, but we have found that bringing that in um, is very helpful. Um, psycho, social, emotional, which is always a hard one kind of for me to remember to tell people that piece, but truly it's about how you live your life, right? So we talked about earlier about sleep hygiene and we don't just say sleep anymore. On our evaluations, a big piece of what we talk about is sleep because we all know when we don't sleep, we're not the best version of ourselves the next day. Um, so that sleep hygiene is you not only when you go to bed, 
it's, you know, what's the room temperature? 68 degrees, believe it or not, is said to be the, the best temperature to sleep at. What's the activity beforehand? How long have you stopped? Um, screen, screen time. time. Yep. What you're, what you're eating, what you're drinking, you know, um, that's all goes into sleep hygiene. Another part of that psychosocial emotional piece is, you know, um, talk therapy. You know, we work with other disciplines, you know, as far as counselors, nutritionists, that's all part of that piece. You know, we're not saying we're the experts in this, but we, if the person is walking into our practice, to me, it is, it is my obligation to try and, and bridge people to where they need that. Um, so uh, also your social networking, time management. A lot of people are like, I don't have time to exercise. I don't have time to breathe. You know, and we have to look at their life wholly and go, okay, this is great that I've come up with this great exercise plan. But at the end of the day, studies show that if PTs even give up to, let's say, 10 exercises, most people do on average, did you do that? Two to three. Two to three exercises. Yeah. So we come up with this grandiose yeah. plan and then we expect them to do it and get well. But then we don't ask them about, I'm so sorry, you're working three jobs. You got four kids. Your husband just left you or your wife just left you. Like, I'm doing the best I can, right? But we, we need to dig in to ask those questions to see how we can get that being well. And then the last but not least is our um, intellectual limb. And I would say that physical therapists uh, typically do an excellent job on this by providing patients with education regarding uh, pop proper posture. Again, talking about um, different ways to manage your own wellness and life. So that's kind of something that's pretty common. One thing we do that's very unique at Roper Physical Therapy um, I, I would like to say that we empower our patients to be able to treat themselves. So we have a self myofascial release class that we recommend for all patients. Um, it teaches them how to treat them, their, themselves so that they can, again, be as well as possible. Through yeah. breath, through different tools, whether it's a foam roller, uh, oxypivot, a ball, um, just, just finding stillness in their body and recognizing, okay, my hip is tight or why, why can't I breathe any deeper than my neck? They may not have to know the answers, but in that hour long class that we provide, it's essential to their treatment because we can only move forward if we know where we are right now. And I would also like to say that our medical therapeutic yoga classes really fall underneath this intellectual lens because in our medical therapeutic yoga classes, which are biomechanically safe and sound for all individuals, they're taught by all of our licensed physical, physical therapists, therapists who also have the professional yoga therapy certification. Not only are our classes safe and sound for everybody, young to old, beginner, sedentary to, to active, beginner to advanced. Injury, non-injury. Exactly, but we, we educate them on every aspect of their yoga asana practice, which means your pose practice, so that those poses might be modified in a way that um, their specific body needs. So I always like to say, you do not distort your body to match a pose in yoga. Or a class. Or a class. Your, your pose 
or the class needs to modify to match our bodies. We all know our bodies now don't look like they did when they were in our 20s or, or, <laughs> or work as well or respond as well. So you must modify that. So that's, or, or, or opposite, to be honest with you, yeah. I would love to tell my 20 year old self, that's great that you're pushing yourself that hard. But what are you doing to your ligaments, your knees? You know, I may mm -hmm. be able to get into a pose if I, you know, we call it Gumby, but I think sometimes people don't even know who Gumby is anymore. But, you know, if you know, I'm bendy and loose and I move all the way into a pose because I can touch the floor, but I'm not engaging my core, right? You know, that's going to be problematic down the road. Mm -hmm. So we also, you know, kind of approach it both ways there with the intellectual limb mm -hmm. in our mm -hmm. yoga classes. Now, and I think that's good. So for somebody that, you know, for those of us listening, if somebody's had an injury, you know, and they kind of blame yoga or maybe a Pilates class or something for that, um, you know, what, what's your message to them? I mean, are, you know, would medical therapeutic yoga be a good route for them to go to, to kind of find those poses and to, to learn how to do things in a way to reduce their risk of injury? Absolutely. And so, so, you know, and I think that is a great introduction to how Lynn and I found yoga. So, you know, what I tell people, it's not yoga is bad, right? What happens is, is that in classes, yoga has a lot of great um, pieces to it. But if someone comes into that class, let's say with a, a herniated disc, an acute herniated disc or a hamstring pull, thinking that that flexibility is going to help them, and they're not given cues to engage their core or perhaps bend their knees in a down dog to take the edge off that hamstring, then it, then yes, it, it, it could be detrimental. Be detrimental. Um, and I, I just would like to add to that. So one thing about our medical therapeutic yoga training is that we have over 1500 hours of training on All top of, of our PT license. On top of our healthcare, exactly. Physical therapy, a national physical therapy license. And um, what I would say to those individuals is do not be afraid of the yoga or Pilates, but you need proper education. And um, our motto for medical therapeutic yoga is always stability over mobility and i kind of break say that, that again lynn because i think that is so important it is, it is very huge it is stability over mobility and i tell my yogis if you will that there's there's most of us are either bendy or muscular but in reality the bendy people need to be more muscular and mm -hmm. the muscular people need to be a little bit more bendy so it's all about moderation and um the yoga climate right now in the united states is um it is alarming to me i try not to detract from all the wonderful aspects of yoga because i love that people move their body number one let me just say that but i don't like this kind of climate i call yoga aerobics it's really um that's when you throw stability over mobility to the wind when you are slinging your body in and out of poses. And so what we do is we tailor our yoga classes to a specific individual or small class. Our classes are typically eight people or less. You can do it Zoom or you can, you can join us. If you're in another part of the country listening to this, you can join us. 
um, or it's in class in, in the studio. Mm -hmm. And we take an extensive intake form on each client so that we know your past medical history. Um, and we are then able to use our professional yoga therapy knowledge as well as our physical therapy knowledge to, to modify and adjust all the poses. So like with the piece, like the intellectual piece, one of our you know models, we've kind of um, turned this a little bit and you'll recognize it, but with awareness, there's a choice, which we love to say. So, you know, if I'm aware that lots of forward folds in a class are going to hurt my herniated disc more, you know, a traditional type PT might say, don't do yoga, but there's definitely ways we can change that class so that they could get all the benefits of the eight limbs, not just the physical piece. And so when people think about it, when you talk yoga, people think about the movement. We're talking about that whole eight limbs that takes in that Pentagonal wellness to what yoga can bring to healing. Um, or the hamstring, which I gave that. But, you know, if someone says don't do that because that's going to hurt your hamstring, well, we can adapt poses so that they're on their back. Mm -hmm. They don't even have to be in a standing pose and, and reap the benefits of a medical therapeutic yoga class. So that's what we're really, really good at doing is looking at a class that has possibly someone that has a rotator cuff tear in it, an ACL, a herniation, and a hamstring pull, which is pretty much general population anyways. And then we're able to tailor that class, that one class, to meet all of their needs. Um, and really, we never intended on our yoga studio being, you know, end all be all. A lot of times we teach that person how to move in their body and then go back with that knowledge because with awareness, there's a choice on how they're going to move in the yoga class that they love. Maybe that's close to their home, with the studio, with a person that they love, with the music that's being taught. But now they have that awareness, like I'm not going to make this disc worse mm -hmm. because I know how to move my body. And the irony of that, Karen, is that uh, that was kind of our, our initial thought process is that we would educate individuals on safe and sound, biomechanically sound yoga. And they would go out into the community and kind of spread that. Well, they love us. <laughs> We're lucky. <laughs> and they stay with us. And we are so grateful for that. But we really would love to reach more individuals. And so that when they do have a hamstring pull or even maybe some hip pain, because they think their warrior one or warrior two needs to look a certain way. We offer them options. Hey, it doesn't need to look that way. This is what's best and biomechanically safe and sound for your body. So we're able to give them this very individualized attention in our yoga classes. Um, we're very proud of that. Uh, I would like to say that I'm very, very proud of the fact that we are able to give very knowledgeable, professional advice and instruction on those proper poses. Yeah, and most yoga therapists, yoga, excuse me, not yoga therapists, most yoga teachers out there that we, we work with studios, they, 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 they're grateful for us. They said, do you know what a panic we do? And sometimes people come up to us and I'm like, we have a rotator cuff, a herniated disc, and I just had my ACL repaired. And you might be in a class that you take and you might hear a teacher say, honor your body. Okay, well, uh, if someone has a, you know, strong, you know, um, type, I, I want to say a, pitta, but it's like, yeah, type, type a, personality, a personality. They're like, I'm going to honor my body. I'm going to do every single pose in this class. That's how I'm going to honor my right. body. <laughs> you know, where 
you know, we would say, okay, yeah, you could go at it, but we would love to have these changes seen. So it's not, you know, we, um, we work with the teachers out there who are absolutely wonderful, wonderful, have years of experience, have a language. You know, when we first started teaching, our, our teachers were like, you were too orthopedic. You cannot say, pull your acromion back tuck your scapulas in um, yeah. some other cues. I don't um, roll your ASIS forward. <laughs> <laughs> like, what is an ASIS? <laughs> Drop the orthopedic term. Turn down the medical terminology. <laughs> Become real. <laughs> well, I, I want to actually, I want to highlight some things that you guys have said so that we make sure that everybody's hearing, you know, what you're saying. Cause you've, you've, there's a lot of good stuff in there. Um, you know, so if a person had is injured and they're uh, normally do yoga, but they're feeling like they can't do yoga, you guys could help them to adapt it so that they can continue either at your facility or within their own yoga studio is what I'm hearing you say. Is that correct? Absolutely. Okay. And if a physical therapist or any other medical practitioner out there has someone that they would like to recommend yoga for them, but they're not quite certain that they have the foundation or, um, you know, or if they've got limitations that need modifications, they could then send them to you guys to get that training. Definitely. Those are that's um, within our, our, our bag of services. Yeah, that's, that's right up our alley. And I'm also hearing you say that the small class size is pretty key, you know, for you guys to be able to do that. So I wanted to highlight, you said you, you keep it to eight people. Is that also, do you do virtual and in-person at the same time or do you do them separate? Yes, no, we are, we are doing, and we have worked very hard to adapt this. And so um, one of the big pieces is that Lynn and I felt when we were developing the program um, for yoga is that, you know, when you Typically, sometimes when you walk in a class, the teacher will practice yoga with you. And pretty much, unless we have somebody brand new um, or we're just introducing maybe a down dog prep, a lot of people don't even know what a down dog prep is, but it's, 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 a, it's a core move position before you would move into um, down dog. We would show them that, but we're not going to you know, typically run the class and do all the poses with you. We are around adjusting making sure your pelvis is held in neutral or showing that to you. Mm -hmm. We may set up your feet um, in such a way because we know that your SI is aggravated. Um, I'm trying to think of some other examples. So, you know, it is more, it's, it's definitely, Zoom has made it difficult for many places, right? You know, to connect energetically with someone. So our first get-go with someone is if they wanted to stay on Zoom, if they could join us for a one-on-one, -on -one, we would probably suggest an evaluation in a one-on-one -on -one class first before we would put them out. But most of our people who are joining us on Zoom have practiced in-house with us for, for some time now. Um, uh, some of our corporate, because we do do corporations, we work with corporations on wellness, teaching corporate classes. Um, I've had people across the United States join us and they've heard things in our class that they've never heard before. And that can be taught via our, our words. So mm -hmm. in our corporate contracts with people in teaching wellness, um, it works. So we do both. I hope that answers. We, 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 I think also, Karen, one thing is we pride ourselves on very individualized attention. 
And that way we can use our physical therapy skills as well as, as our medical therapeutic yoga skills. So as Christine said, we obviously would prefer you to be in front of us so that we can offer you hands-on advice and, and instruction. But if that is not attainable, we can certainly work together via Zoom, whether it's in a class setting or even a one-on-one -on -one via Zoom. In fact, not long ago, we had a global class and I had mm. someone sign in from Japan. It was amazing. <laughs> we have taught medical therapeutic yoga globally via Zoom. I'm a Girl Scout at heart. So we, it was on um, Girl Scout day and we, yeah. we had leaders from across the world uh, join us from all different continents. And um, we, we do a lot of reach out to different groups to bring yoga in there. We've, we've reached with Girl Scouts. We've done um, swimming. Yeah. I'm trying to stay away from names. Oh, yeah. Swimming groups. Um, we've gone into businesses. High school athletics. Um, uh, uh, we haven't had any collegiate teams yet, but we've, we've tapped into some high school athletics as well. I was going to laugh because I was sitting up here laughing because when we were doing our global uh, medical therapeutic yoga class for the Girl Scouts <laughs> as an appreciation um, class, I saw that I was going to have somebody from Japan. And I was like, oh my gosh, what time am I going to be teaching this? I was, I was, like, I was so nervous that I was going to have to be doing a Japan time, um, a Mexico time, a Canadian, you know, East Coast time. Oh my gosh, I don't know how I'm going to take care of it, but it was really wonderful. So, well, and on that other thought too, um, one of my other therapists that we're teaching um, for another later in the day, she's like, but I only know English. I'm like, it's okay. <laughs> But now that you got your first global experience under your belt, you're good to go. <laughs> now you can speak all the different languages, right? <laughs> uh, that's great. Um, you know, I and you also highlighted several things there too that I think you know a lot of people have a picture in their head of the type of person that needs to do yoga, but you just threw out there are so many different types of people. I mean, yoga is really medical yoga or, and yoga are really for anybody, you know, from the athlete to, um, you know, to the person that's injured, to the person that's older. Uh, so that's, uh, that's something I wanted to point out um, with what you were saying is it's, it's really for anybody. Um, well, and I think you're, you're so right. And I also dispel another myth that I think is circulating out there is that um, yoga is a religion. Yes. Good point. Yeah. Address that. It is. Well, our, our, our medical therapeutic yoga training. Well, it's um, not a religion. I should say that it's, it's not a religion. That's it, a, that it, is a myth. That is right. Yeah. It is a myth and it is non-dogmatic. Um, it is open for everyone. There is, um, it, it is different in that religions have, um, rituals, if you will. Yoga doesn't, um, yoga doesn't have a supreme being no. if you will so so we, we we and we don't even in our medical therapeutic yoga we don't even speak or describe the poses in the traditional sanskrit verbiage we use english english so you're you're going to come to us and we're going to say you know let's get into down dog or let's find crescent lunge we're not bringing in the sanskrit words for those because we feel like our medical therapeutic yoga terminology is more 
welcoming and less um, daunting. Right. For those so like participants. Tadasana, which is, you know, mountain pose. We're not going to say Tadasana. We're going to use mountain pose. Mm -hmm. So we're going to, and it's usually most poses are named after, you know, things of nature. Mm -hmm. um, and I kind of always laugh because, you know, in PT school for the physical therapists that are out there listening, you know, you learned an angry cat. Yeah. Right. Right. Um, so this was always kind of funny because my kids, when they were young, wanted to play that game, Angry Birds. And I'm like, you are not playing Angry Birds. That does not sound like a good game for you to be playing. And I had no idea what even <laughs> Angry Birds game was, right? But they were like, so when, one of them said to me, they're like, but I heard you teach a patient about an angry cat before. <laughs> we use cat cow in yoga, but you know, in PT school, you were taught angry cat. I don't even know why it came in, but I say Halloween cat. I don't think I've called it an angry cat. You don't? Uh -uh. Hmm. I say the Halloween cat. What do you call cat? it, Karen? Well, I call it cat cow, but I, I've had a patient call it the angry cat mad cow. So <laughs> 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 to rename it. So. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Yeah. <laughs> no, absolutely. I, you know, the other question that I kind of have, um, you know, is why does somebody need to take time to breathe? Why does somebody need, which I know yoga, medical yoga can incorporate all these different things, the breathing, the kind of being still, um, you know, somebody would meditate later, but, but why is that important? Oh gosh. Or am I opening a big old can of worms here? <laughs> Do you need more time? <laughs> no, well, and, I, and I agree, but I, I think probably, where I am at in this point in my life, looking back on it, is because I think the ability to breathe brings you into the present moment. You're not in the past and you're not in the future. You're right here, right now with your breath. And understanding that presence is where, where am I today? Did I sleep well? Did I connect with someone? Do, am I in a healthy relationship? Have I moved today? Have, how am I handling what I was asked to do today? And if there is a problem with all of those for any length of time, it develops in stress, which that stress is distress. It's not you stress. You stress is what gets me out of bed every day. It's, it's my kids going, mom, I'm, I'm late for school. That's my you stress. That I want to get those kids to school, right? That's healthy stress. Healthy stress, right? The distress is I don't want to get out of this bed because I've got all of this going on in my life and I, I don't want to do it. Um, and that can lead to disease. We know that increased stress leads to disease. So I would say, in, if I'm talking to a younger therapist out there, if you can teach someone how to breathe and nothing else, they're going to carry that piece longer than if you taught them how to do a TKE. Um, I think, and I would say, uh, just to add on to that, Karen, that, that teaching why someone should pay attention to their breath, number one, first and foremost, is that we live, most of us live our lives in this fight or flight system called the sympathetic nervous system. And that is, that is helpful when you have a lion chasing you, right? Or you have trauma that you're trying to prevent happening again. So hold on that thought. So I always, cause she and I are great back and forth, but this is when we do our corporate um, talks with people. And I've had audiences at, you know, Bank of America, 300 people. And I asked them, what's the, does everybody, has everybody heard of fight or flight? And everybody says, 
yes, yes, fight or flight. And I will deafen the room when I say, what is the opposite of fight or flight? Right, exactly. And I was getting ready to bring that in. So if you can, so we live in this fight or flight um, zone, but if you can teach someone to breathe and breathe properly, that helps to decrease that sympathetic nervous system, that fight or flight response and bring you into the rest and digest phase, that parasympathetic nervous system. And that is when your healing takes place. That is when you are most well. Again, I'm not saying that the sympathetic fight or flight system is um, detrimental all the time. You want no, that sometimes. if you're being chased or you know you're in a traffic accident or trying to avoid something, you need that quick reaction. Right. Or you're late getting your child to school. That is the eustress. But you don't want to live in that. And so your best tool to get out of that fight or flight system and get into the rest and digest system is the breath work and how you do that and what what that enables you to do. So staying in the present moment and triggering, tipping you over into the rest and digest system is to me the most beneficial aspect of breath. Well, and just to finish on that one thought, unless we, you know, the, the piece to me that was just like an, it was like aha moment, didn't come in PT school, but probably came to me when I was doing the yoga. You can only have one system on. So it's not like I can be chill and rest and digesting while I'm finding someone in traffic or I'm answering five emails. You can get one system on at a time. So if you are choosing that fight or flight all day long, your cells are not getting the nourishment that they need. Um, so I think that was like an aha moment to me when I realized that the one system is operating um, unless you bring it in the other one. I think that's a great point, especially just with our lifestyle nowadays, you know, we're so turned on all the time um, that we probably do need to relearn how to unplug, how to turn off, how to take that deep breath. Uh, so thank you for that explanation. I mean, that's uh I definitely think this is something we need. And I know from what I've heard from you guys, I think physical therapists are just in the perfect place to facilitate some of these things with people because we're seeing them right after that injury, which we know promotes fight or flight. Um, we're seeing them right after that accident or trauma or, you know, just the fact that they now have to insert physical therapy into their life uh, can be stressful. And if we're mindful of that, and uh, we didn't even get into mindfulness, we'll, we'll say do another segment on that. But, but if we as therapists are mindful of that, we're just in the perfect position to help guide them out of that fight or flight, you know, and, and towards healing. So I appreciate you guys and, and what you're doing um, at Roper Physical Therapy, uh, I think is great. Um, I think hopefully this will trigger more physical therapists to think about taking this approach, but if not, you guys are there, they can send them to you. Um, and if, you know, we've talked about the Pentagon of Wellness today, I know there's a lot of information that we covered. Um, if somebody would like a copy of the Pentagon of Wellness, um, can they get that from you? Absolutely. Yes. Um, we're all always reachable by our office landline, which is 980-298-6706. Our website is Roper PT. And you, the Pentagon of Wellness is actually on there. Um, but if you want to have a conversation with Lynn or I or one of our staff members, if you're a PT, if you're a patient, if you just 
you're just seeking information. Um, if you own a corporation, whatever, wherever you are, we love to talk about wellness. We're, we're excited about it. It's, we're passionate about it. Um, I get emails every day of people just asking me little bits and I, and I love to introduce this topic. So um, yes, through emails, our emails are on that website. It's probably the best at Roper PT. Um, on the website too, there's numerous resources from blog posts that we have written um, to our wellness channel, which is on YouTube. So really the best resource of information would be to go to our www.roperpt.com website. Our self-myofascial release class is on Vimeo. You can purchase that for, I think it's $15. It's, you know, or you can purchase a package. You can try out a yoga class. We have a um, package there that you can purchase um, any of our videos on it. We have uh, desk routines on YouTube. Like Lynn said, those are all accessible through our website. Uh, we also can offer you, if you'd like to come in and just have us look at your body and talk with you. There's a 30 minute free screen. Um, we're, we're happy to do that. You can book online through our website and we would love to meet you that way on your path to wellness. Okay. Ladies, thank you so much for talking with us today. I know um, this is, wellness is a very much um, an important conversation that we need to have, because as we all know, an ounce of prevention is a pound of cure. If we can just keep people from entering that stage of disease and or setting themselves up for injury, that's so much better. But once you've you know, crossed over into that line of illness or injury, there are definitely people out there to help you. And, and that's, that's the point. Um, there are many yoga classes in the area. Uh, I know at Lifestyle Physical Therapy, we're actually starting to sponsor um, a yoga at Field Day Park. Um, you know, so investigate these yoga classes. Uh, but if you need the medical therapeutic yoga aspect, Roper Physical Therapy is where you need to go. So ladies, thank you so much for joining us. Um, we hope everybody will be well and be safe. And until next time, join us again on our next show. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for joining us today. And we hope you enjoyed this podcast. Make sure to like us on Facebook at Lifestyle Physical Therapy LLC and on Instagram and Twitter at Lifestyle PT2. Until next time, stay connected and be well.